So the uh, consolidation of power in China and Japan sets the scene with Xi Jinping on one side and Shinzo Abe on the other as American President Donald Trump enters the fray for a 12-day visit to Asia starting next week. He'll be here in South Korea on the 7th of November doing most of his thing before heading off to China the following day. But let's ponder this delicate diplomatic game of chess with Professor Park Won-gon from Handong University School of International Studies. Thank you very much for joining us. Good morning. I mean, we can talk um, more about the outcome of the Chinese Communist Party Congress, um, but for now, let's start with Japan. What does it mean for South Korea that Prime Minister Shinzo Abe will stay in power until 2021? It means that the Jae-in government has to cooperate with the right-wing government of Japan for all his term. President Jae-in's term is until 2012. This means that these two gentlemen will share most of their terms together. So I think two things are important for South Korea. First is to deal with North Korea. At this moment, South Korea has any special difficulty to have cooperation with Abe because both ROK and Japan have faced a very serious imminent and common threat of North Korea. As long as North Korea threat continues, there is no serious disparity between the two governments. However, if North Korea threat has changed, for example, if the North unilaterally declare freeze of its nuclear missile program, South Korea will want to resume talk immediately with North Korea. But Japan is likely to continue pressure on North Korea if North Korea has not showed is a sincere intention to be denuclearized. Mm. In other words, there are differences between two countries toward North Korea. And secondly, uh, it's you know, well known, it is hard to resolve the lingering issue between the two countries, such as wartime sex slave issue, textbook, and Dokdo, if Abe has remained in his position. Especially, I think the wartime sex slave issue is very important. And South Korean government, our Munjie government, already mentioned several times that they will not accept 2015 wartime sex slave agreement with Japan. But Japan also has declared several times that they are not going to renegotiate their agreement. So Japan has kind of expected this so that they put the word irreversible in the 2015 agreement. More than ever, this looks like such a tangled web of issues. And as I said, we will be this week, in fact, tomorrow, going further into the Chinese side of developments, staying with Japan and and how that will influence the coming days. Perhaps Deputy Prime Minister Taro Aso was just stating the obvious. Others see it as stirring up controversy by pointing out that it was thanks to North Korea that Shinzo Abe was able to call this snap election and be successful. What, What do you make of that statement? Well, that's true. After Abe announced to have election, his party's approval rate has declined. And his Liberal Democratic Party, also known as LDP, has been closely chased by Tokyo mayor, uh, Riko Goike's party of hope. But North Korea has kept launching its missiles, especially over Japan, and even conducted a sixth, sixth nuclear test. Japanese people have changed their mind to support the LDP. But it is also true that Goike's party of hope has performed poorly during the nomination process. She has failed to show her party character that is supposed to be different to LDP. So the uh, Asotaro and the prime, the deputy prime minister of Japan, and his argument is you know, pretty, I think, right at this moment. 
both North Korea and China would have one thing in common, and that's uh, enjoying seeing a wedge between Seoul and Tokyo. Um, we know that Beijing is expressing concerns that there may be this military alliance between the United States, South Korea, and Japan. Um, but China might also be particularly wary about Japan now revising that constitution uh, and and the pacifist Article 9. A survey by Asai Shimbun has shown that more than 80% of the newly elected lower house represents uh, support of that move. Yes, it is true that majority of the newly elected representatives of lower house support the revision of the constitution. And even Tokyo mayor I just mentioned, Yuriko Koike's party of hope, also support the revision. Also, one of the major campaign pledges of Abe during the election is the revision of the constitution, although he said that any amendment to the constitution cut on the basis of sufficient debate inside and outside the party and court. But uh, I, I'm pretty sure that Abe will pursue the revision. But there are a couple of problems that Abe faces. First, the revision of the constitution is still not that popular issue among the Japanese public, although politicians favor the revision. According to the Kyoto News Survey, which was released 29th of this month, which means a couple of days ago, 55% of Japanese opposed to constitutional revisions. This means that still majority of people are against the constitutional changes. So it is going to be a serious challenge to Abe. And second one is there is no agreement how it might change in what ways. I mean, for example, some people argue that adding a specific mention of the status of self-defense forces to the constitution is enough. You know, because of the SDF is currently governed by its own law and is not referenced uh, in the Constitution. But others insist that since the Charter of Article 9 requires Japan to renounce war as well as the maintenance of war potential, it should be removed at all. Mm. It's not easy to bring argument even among the representatives who favor the revision. Well, we talked before about how North Korea may have influenced Japanese political developments. Do you think North Korea can still influence what happens in the coming days? Uh, we know this week, for example, Pyongyang has warned about firing satellites into the atmosphere. And usually when we hear comments like that, uh, it, it signals that we may see a long-range missile or rocket test coming up pretty soon. Uh, if that were to occur and tensions were to be driven up, as Trump makes that tour through this region, how do you think it will ha impact things? Well, North Korea has a very clear intention. And I mean, they have an ultimate goal to complete its capability to attack mainland United States. So there's no doubt at all that they will pursue this kind of, to, you know, um, complete their final goal. But I don't think they will attack, you know, to have uh, this kind of provocation um, during this Trump's visit to Asia, because if they have conducted another round of this missile test or around round of the nuclear test, it, they will face huge kind of a sanction uh, against them, especially uh, in this time. At this moment, China will cooperate with the United States, Japan and South Korea because Trump will visit China. And if North Korea is just conducted this kind of a provocation, before the Trump visit to China, Trump, you know, probably very strongly insists that China should cooperate to have a put more 
serious sanction against North Korea, including like the total embargo of oil. So I don't mm-hmm. think you know, the North Korea will conduct this kind of provocation uh, within like two weeks. It's been a fairly quiet period in terms of North Korean actions lately. We'll see if your prediction bears fruit. Professor Park, thank you very much for speaking with us. All right, thank you. Professor Park Wangon from Handong University School of International Studies. You can make your own forecast right now with Trump heading to this region. How do you see things playing out? Powder Sharp 1013 for 51 per message.